Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Rockville-based rock band OAR performs live in their home state tonight at Meriwether Post Pavilion in Columbia, Maryland. I spoke to lead singer Mark Roberge ahead of Arts Advocacy Day on Capitol Hill in 2015. Mark, thanks for joining WTOP. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Now tell us about the event that you were here uh, in D.C. for yesterday. Um, you were promoting arts in D.C. What, what was it called and what went down? Well, um, Richard Ahn, who plays guitar in the band, and myself, we were in um, D.C. yesterday for Arts Advocacy Day, which I think has been going on, I want to say, for 28 years. So that may be a little bit off, but I think it's around 28 years. So to be part of it was really cool and, and really an honor. I mean, you're sitting there with, you know, Bob Lynch from Americans for the Arts, this person who's been there for 30 years, and he commands a lot of respect in these rooms, you know. He puts in the real time, the other uh, 364 days of the year, right? right, right, right. Um, and then we get to show up on this day and really be witness to, uh, you know, a day of listening. I really think they got a lot of people's ears, and that's important and not easy to do. So it was just a really good experience to learn a lot. I mean, growing up in the area, you would think that we'd be a lot more involved and present, I guess, uh, on the on the hill and or around it, just to kind of witness government in, in action. But I've never been up and up close and personal like that, so it was more of a learning experience than anything. Um, and and we really we really soaked it in. Now, what all arts are you promoting? Is it is it music, film? Is it a little of everything? Yeah, I mean, so the the general gist of this is that we're trying to bring awareness among Congress. Um, you know, we need funding. We need to make sure that in the rural or in the, I guess, further reaches outside of the major cities, um, we need arts programs, arts education. We need the opportunity for our kids and our friends' kids and our cousins' kids um, to have, at the very least, the opportunity to expand on their artistic endeavors, to be able to grow up with the opportunity to play violin or, or work in a creative writing class or dance or any of these things. And it's just a very um, scary, I thought that these um, opportunities are dwindling, the money is dwindling. Um, and we're trying to raise awareness, we're trying to swing a few people so that when the opportunity and when these things are on the floor, um, the money becomes a little bit less of an issue and the art becomes more of an issue, right? So the focus is on the product, the focus can become on um, the good that comes out of it, rather than it just be a... Um, you know, uh, an afterthought or a tagline, something that we can cut in order to make um, money available for something else. We just kind of want to influence people's minds and maybe see, uh, help them see the value, the value we see in art. Um, and it's not just music. It's not just dance. It's uh, it's everything. It's um, really trying to just 
show that value. I think we all know it, it exists. I mean, we've all been affected in a positive way by, by art, um, and it does shape our daily lives. We don't even realize it. But um, I think when it comes down to um, pennies that matter, um, it's hard for some folks to uh, see the value in that. So what we're trying to do is influence people, and people like Bob Lynch uh, and Americans for the Arts are doing that on a daily basis. And yesterday was our opportunity to be in, on the hill and in the face. Yeah, explain the value in it. I mean, obviously there's, uh, you know, these arts programs can open the door for, you know, the next OAR or or whatever, the next, you know, local filmmaker, whatever the case may be. Um, But explain also the value for, you know, maybe someone that doesn't go into a career in the arts. Maybe they even go into like a business career or something or politics or whatever. But explain how even just having experience with those arts programs, can it makes a positive impact. Absolutely. And I mean, for me personally, um, I'm a 36-year-old guy from Rockville, Maryland, so the only way that I can speak on that is through personal experience. Um, you know, I've seen the positive effects of the arts uh, with my own eyes up here in New York. We, uh, as a group, we put aside a lot of money every year to support uh, something called Children's Scholarship Fund. With that, they send um, kids to these charter schools, whereas they wouldn't have the opportunity to do so without these scholarships. Well, once they're in these schools, they're exposed to, it's a school, but also the arts. And when we first met them, it was ballroom dancing. We would see these young kids with their ballroom dancing in fourth grade, fifth grade, and they would just be expressing themselves all day. They would leave that, and they, their minds were wide open and ready to learn. Their minds were wide open and ready to be um, I guess, inspired by a teacher because they'd already expressed themselves that day and gotten it out. And I think that that's step one. So then they became fifth graders, sixth graders, seventh graders, eighth graders, and we're still along with them. And just the other day I was in the school up at um, Mount Carmel, up in the Bronx, and they're going through the class. All the eighth graders who we've known since fourth grade, through their violin, through their singing, through the, you know, we've had their choir on the Today Show with us. We just really like to be involved with these folks. And they're going through the room and saying, tell us where you're applying for high school. Up here in New York, you have to apply to a high school. Every single kid in that room had a plan. They had a plan, and they were going to go to high school, you know, at X, Y, or Z school for their focus of what they wanted to do, whether it was, you know, and it was always something, you know, the sciences, or it wasn't always art. So I immediately see the effects and the positive effects of having art in their lives. Because I think once you're able to express yourself, you have that opportunity, it, it's part of your daily life, you can really focus on other subjects, if not more so, because you're not craving to express yourself in, in that class or in that arena. So I'm watching this happen, and I really do think there's a connection between um, going through your daily life, expressing yourself, your mind's open, boom, next to the sciences, next to mathematics, next to the English language, or whatever they want to study. I just really do think there's a connection there, and it would sadden me to, to see a world where that wasn't explored, you know, and I I feel like I got the opportunity as a guy in band. We, we met in school. Our first show was a talent show at school. Um, it was all connected to schools and the guitar class at schools, and I just don't think that I'd be working in this field if it wasn't available to me. For sure. And I want to make sure that that happens to as many people as I can. And uh, what I know it was Rockville. What high school was it? So, yeah, we went to um, Robert Frost. It was junior high at the time. It's now middle school. 
Um, we were there for our eighth grade talent show, which was, <laughs> you know, when we caught the bug. Nice. You know, it was a fun day. And then we went to Wooten High School in Rockville, Maryland. Do you guys remember what you, what did you perform at that eighth grade talent show? Oh my gosh, how could I forget? We played um, <laughs> Wonderful Tonight but by Eric Clapton, but like a rock version. Nice. Um, and then we played Pearl Jam's Porch. Nice. Pearl Jam, you know, that was, that is our favorite band and biggest inspiration. So, you know, it's fitting that that was our first performance. Are you still a bit surprised by, you know, how well you've, you, you know, taken off after that? Oh my gosh. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm completely surprised. I mean, I'm surprised I'm on the phone with you right now. My dad is so excited. <laughs> oh, the parents are, I mean, we're parents local, are big. You know what I mean? We're longtime listeners, WTOP. We're not, you know, and, and to be able to be doing this, even have um, the platform to do what I did yesterday. I mean, these things are, they, it's not beyond me. I understand how lucky we are. So yes, every day I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the event, <laughs> speaking of the event yesterday, um, I hear uh, that Steny Hoyer he asked you guys to sing a song. Yes, and this is the person who, for whatever reason, he asks you to do something, and you just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why he's the whip. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there, and he says, "Well, why don't you sing a song?" And I'm never saying. Um, acapella in a room um, anywhere, let alone that room. So that was a, that was something that I really just uh, was caught me off guard, but in a great way. I did it. It was it was really cool. Everybody in the in the place had had a, a moment, and it was very just I don't know humbling. It was very nice, man. But that that guy he definitely has a way with words. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and you guys, you performed the same song as you did uh, on New Year's Eve, right? Up in Times Square, Peace? Yes, yeah, yeah. We've been performing Peace for uh, over a year now. Wrote that song kind of Nashville. Had the opportunity to play it in Times Square. I remember when we did Sound Check, there's a million people in the square, and we do the song once. And I said, hey, can we do it one more time? I don't think I got it right, but really, I just wanted to play it in front of a million people. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty nice. What was it like to be at, in Times Square like that? That must be surreal. Yeah, you know, it is surreal. It, it, to be really bluntly honest with you, I mean, things like that just blow my mind. I mean, I, I was there. My wife is, you know, five feet away from me. The, the, you know, we're on the big old screen. There's the confetti in the air. And it, it just, I cannot believe it. Um you know, I see folks up there sometimes in these types of situations, and maybe they're just in work mode, you know, and, and just uh, not um, not really looking at the scope of what's going on as far as your luck meter, you know, and right. you just feel lucky as can be. So every time something like that happens, we're soaking it in. I mean, I was wide-eyed and taking a million pictures. It was really amazing. I like that idea, the luck meter. It's good to keep that in mind because, yeah, I mean, it's easy to get into the, the work mode, and to some extent you have to to stay focused, but it's nice to step back and, you know, pinch yourself every now and then. It's, I think that's... Oh, that's my gosh. Yeah, I, listen, this... Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> lucky, yes. Luck to be able to play songs uh, as a job is lucky, and that um, at, at the beginning, so to be doing it at Times Square was just off the charts. We were, we were psyched. We were hugging each other. Wait, like every five seconds, they were, they were saying, "Hey guys, just to kind of focus here." <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> now your latest release, uh, your new album is uh, it's the it's called the Rockville LP. How much of of Rockville and Maryland and your you know your roots are infused into this record? Well, I think with the Rockville LP, 
it, it's an all-encompassing, it's just a feeling. You know, we, what I really wanted to do and what, um, we're just a band of brothers. We all, you know, we've known each other our whole lives, but we've been a band for 20 years. So it was an honest look at who we are. And we wanted to express that Thanksgiving coming home weekend feeling in an album form. And between the songs of Peace and We'll Pick Up Where We Left Off and this one and that one, they all really center around that feeling, that feeling of walking into your backyard, seeing someone you haven't seen in five years. And instead of them coming up to you and going, hey, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you text me? Um, it's all good. They just give you a hug and it's good to see you and you pick right back up. And that's really what it's all about for us in Rockville. That's what Rockville always was for us. It was the catalyst for our earliest albums. It was the catalyst for this album. So the same feeling existed. Um, the one I always love is my favorite feeling in the world is when everyone comes home for Thanksgiving. So that's where, where it came from. Um, I think Rockville DNA is all through it and us, everywhere we go. Um, so we're kind of proud of that. We wanted to memorialize. We wanted to put that on a CD, on a, on a record, the name Rockville, just to represent where we came from so that the next record we can move on to something um, completely new and different. It's Rockville for a reason, right? It's not Bluesville. It's not Countryville. It's Rockville, right? You guys <laughs> I are making... Every time someone says where you from, I'm like, Rockville. <laughs> I just love saying it. Rockville, you know? USA. <laughs> it's much better than like, you know, like... Uh, and nothing wrong with smooth jazz, but what if it was called smooth jazz, though? It just wouldn't be good for our band. It's perfect for you guys. Hey, uh, I think i got to talk to your fellow bandmate uh, Richard here in a second, so i got to hop off yeah, here. Yeah, tell him I say hi. I will, and that's it's so awesome to hear that your parents uh, listen to WTOP. That's great. No, I listen to WTP. The, the, my father and I spend the most quality time we have together um, is always... Uh, driving to airports and back. He's always willing to get up at 5 in the morning and take me to an airport, pick me up. We always listen to WTP together. Um, and that's why I said he would be excited is because it's 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 kind of our, you know, we like to talk and listen to talk, and, you know, it's just good. Dude, you rock. But so, of course you rock. You're from Rockville. <laughs> well, hey. That was it, a good one. Yeah, yeah, it was great meeting you. And um, I'd love to talk longer, but I got to talk to Richard. But uh, hey, you know, come back on whenever you like. And uh, congrats on all the success. It's really exciting. Oh, uh, man. Th- thanks so much. Thanks for dealing with my babbling. I haven't had coffee yet. So. Thanks for dealing with my babbling for the opposite reason. I've had too much coffee. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> talk to you later. Moments later, I spoke with OAR guitarist Richard On. Richard, thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me. How's it going? It's going good. Um, Mark was just saying how he loved driving around listening to WTOP with his with his dad. Did you uh, listen to listen to us back in the day too? Yeah, I mean that was that's how we got we got our news while we weren't at home. So uh, that was a, a, a classic um, classic memory for me uh, growing up in the area. That's that's great. And he was saying that you guys formed uh, during an eighth grade talent show performance of Eric Clapton. Do you have any memories of that? No. Yeah. Um, well, it wasn't just it wasn't Eric Clapton's version. It was this this punked out, palm muted rock version of uh, Wonderful Tonight. Um, and my memory was that uh, I was too nervous to stand up, and I think we all were, and we all sat on stools. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And then um and then your most recent album, you guys, it's it's the Rockville LP again. So you've come a little full circle here. Yeah, you know, um the the inspiration for uh that record was uh literally uh the the town that we grew up in. 
Um, and, you know, every time you make a record, you pull inspiration from different things. And this time we found a lot of that uh, in our hometown. That's great. Um, so talk about the event, why, you know, why we're talking to you right now, the event that you were in, you were in town yesterday for. Um, it's it's uh, trying to promote arts here in D.C. How did you uh, become a part of that? Well, um, we met Bob Lynch, the CEO of Americans for the Arts, out in Sundance um, through uh, the Robert Redford uh circle and um they do a lot of work together promoting the arts what were you guys doing out of sundance we were uh performing at uh a show called the way of the rain okay and um it's uh basically uh robert Redford's wife uh billy is an environmental artist and she created these beautiful canvases these silk canvases um that were painted with watercolor by the monsoon rains out in the desert and um she created this show around these canvases with modern um, dance and, and music and spoken word and um, all kinds of great other um, areas of art that could come together and tell a story. And we were um, honored to be a part of it. At the end, we performed uh, our song piece. And then you uh, and you performed it again here uh, for Steny Hoyer, right? Well, Mark, Mark did. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guitar in the room. I'm sure I would have accompanied it. But, oh, right. Um, yeah, right, right. It was just uh, vocals. Yeah, and he was—he did great. He was put on the spot, but uh, you know that's that's what we do. We rise to the case. Now you guys have put out what eight studio albums? Is that right? That, that sounds about right. I'm—it's I'm, a little blurry. <laughs> I have to actually <laughs> count because there's so many. Um, but yeah, um, it's it's around eight, and um, and a couple live ones. Yeah. How uh, a are you surprised at the success? And still, after all this time, and b how have how has the music changed? Uh, like, how have you guys evolved um, musically over those over those albums? Yeah, um, we. Uh, it's funny. Someone was asking that the other day. Uh, we're coming up on our twenty year anniversary this year. Oh wow! And, yeah. To uh, to think back when we first started, would we still be doing this? Like, I don't know. I mean, when you're that young, you just want to be in a band. You just want to make music with your friends, you know? Um, you're not really thinking about that. And then as the dreams start becoming a reality, um, you start taking it really serious and you, you want to be smart about the decisions you make um, to make it last as long as you want because uh, you're living a dream, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would say, um, you know, in the beginning, if, if it was that my mindset back then, then yeah, I'd be really... Um, surprised that uh, we're still um, blessed enough to do this, but you know, considering all the hard work that we put in and a little bit of luck, um, you know, I think we made the right decisions to, to keep the machine rolling and and keep the band going and the music going. So, and how has how has uh, the music itself evolved uh, from from that first album to now? If you look, wow, back... I mean, it, it's evolved a lot. I think I think the passion and um, and the energy and the, and, and the heart that we put into making music is still there. Um, but, you know, you change the person growing up. Our first record was recorded when we were 16. And um, wow. there's a huge difference in, you know, who we were back then and who we are now and all the life experiences that we've gone through since then. Um, and even becoming better musicians, you know, um, coming from a guitar player uh, perspective and a songwriting perspective, um, you know, you don't really know what you're doing when you're writing a song, which could be a, a blessing. It's, it's, it's a great thing to be innocent and write something that's really pure. But at the same time, um, I think as we've grown older, we've learned how to fine-tune things um, 
And, you know, we've just sort of grown as musicians and songwriters. Fantastic. Um, and tell me a little more about, because um, I talked with, um, with Mark uh, a lot about, you know, your eighth grade forming in the talent show and, then, mm-hmm. and, and Wooten High School. But talk a little more about um, you guys when you went to Ohio State. How did the, how did the pieces continue to align at that point? Well, we all um, we all decided that we would try to keep the band going um, and and attend the Ohio State University together. The the <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to upset anyone. The <laughs> it's, um, it's you're contractually so, obligated after you graduate there to say it that way. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, Mark and Chris were up there first. Um, I was going to school um, in the area, and then after a semester, I transferred. Ben was a year younger. Than us, so he was still a senior in high school, and we kept telling Ben, "You got to come up here. You got to come up here." And um, while uh, he was going through his senior year, we met Jerry, our saxophone player. He's from Youngstown, Ohio, and he was in the dorms with us. And he played in some other bands, and we, we all kind of just knew each other through this, <clears throat> this this music scene in Columbus, Ohio. Um, the funny thing is, this music scene was from people who weren't from Columbus, Ohio. It was a music scene that that um, you know, our friends brought from wherever they came from. Um, and Ben finally made it up and he got in and, uh, we finally had the full band. We started playing shows together. And, um, next thing we know, Jerry started playing a bigger role in our shows and within the business of the band. And then he joined the band, um, I believe in 2000, 99 or 2000. And, um, yeah. And then we were finally all there. We were touring locally and, uh, there was a really big buzz about the band, so we decided that uh, when we finished school, we'd hit the road full time, and um, and see how it went. And um, you know that was uh, 15 years ago. So now I know you guys have had, um, you know, I know you guys have had national exposure and appeal for the last, mm-hmm. you know, your, over your career. But how important has this kind of local fan base been? I mean, have you had a really loyal following from people in this area as well? Yeah, absolutely. And um, this area and also in, in Ohio. Um, right, right. You know, just because that was kind of like where we cut our teeth playing. We were we were too young while we were here to play anywhere that was like, you know, legit. Right. Um, all the venues that we played were like at one o'clock in the afternoon before like the club opened in front of like our parents and like, <laughs> you know, the employees at the bar. <laughs> so um, we 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 really cut our teeth in, uh, in Columbus in touring around Ohio, but all those songs came from where we grew up here. And what we realized is those songs translated so well. Uh, it wasn't just about here. It was, there were songs that everyone felt about their hometown. Um, and Rockville just happened to be our hometown, which we hold very dear to us. Right. So, um, in that sense, you know, I think it was something that, uh, that spread rapidly because everyone could relate to it. Absolutely. Do you have a, when you're out there on stage, do you have a particular song from over the years that you enjoy playing the most and the one that you are tired of playing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a reason why a lot of our old songs are um, longer than they are on the record on stage. (laughs) Um, And that's because uh, we like to try to keep things fresh, not just for the audience, but for us. We never really play the, the... a lot of the old stuff the same way twice. Um, and there, it brings a musical challenge to us. Uh, it keeps us on our toes. 
Um, I would say 90% of the time, I can look at Mark, I can look at Chris, Jerry, and Ben, and we all know exactly what's going to happen next. <laughs> um, I would say 10% of the time, we think we do, and then it all comes crashing down. But that's exciting. That keeps us on our toes. Like, what's going to happen? Um, and uh, and then when it doesn't happen, we laugh about it, and it's funny, and we fix it. But, um, you know, I think that's that keeps it fresh for us, and it keeps it fresh for the audience, and it keeps us thinking as musicians, and we don't feel like it's Groundhog Day. You know what I mean? Um, and the set lists are always different. Well, and, that's, you that's know, punk we to Tawny, Pennsylvania, not Rockville, Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully everyone saw that movie and they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, it, no, it, it makes total sense that you want to you know, keep playing new stuff and not going back with the old stuff at all. Is there one that you know, fans request more than any others? Even, even if it's one that you've no longer played, do you hear from fans like, play this, play this? I mean, there's a song. There's a song called "That Was a Crazy Game of Poker," and we've uh, we've literally played that song every show. <laughs> Maybe one show we didn't play it, and there's a huge amount of backlash because we didn't want to be pinned as this band that had to play the song, you right, know. Right, right. Um, but then we realized something. Like uh, our fans came to the show because uh, they wanted to hear music, and they paid money to come see a show, um, and we realize that's, that's, you know, we're, we're playing music for ourselves too, but we're also here, uh, we're entertainers and, um, we want people to feel satisfied. Um, we want them to feel better than they did coming to the show. Um, when they leave. So for us, we, we, we really want to try to make everyone happy, uh, and ourselves and, and everyone else who wants to hear their songs. And, you know, uh, this one song that was a crazy game of poker, it's kind of taken on this, a life of itself where uh, there's a lot of improvisation, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the first half of the song is, is, is written, and it's pretty solid, and we play that the same every time. But once it goes into the second half of the song, it's a journey. And I think a lot of people want to hear that because they don't know what's going to happen. Um, that's probably the most requested song that we have, uh, even though it's never had any radio play, it's never a single uh, I don't think there's any way in hell that radio would play that song just because mm-hmm. it's so long. Right. <laughs> um, but that's, yeah. And I, and honestly, I really enjoy playing it. That's probably um, one of the highlights of the night every night. Awesome. And then in terms of the name, everyone hears OAR and, you know, most people, especially your fans know it's of a revolution, but ex- explain the, what went into forming that? Like when you, when you want it to be of a revolution, what are you guys trying to say? Um, you know, that name came from a short story that Mark wrote while we were in high school. Um, really? This is like just the very beginning of the genesis of the band. And we were trying to find a name for us. We were writing these songs. It was a very, uh, it was a really magical time for us because going from not knowing how to write songs and just kind of being confused to just, you know, the music just kind of just started pouring out, uh, the lyrics and the stories started pouring out. Um, and that's when we realized that we, we, we had something special between the four of us at the time. This is before Jerry joined the band. And Mark came down in the basement and he said, what do you think of this phrase? And it was blank of a revolution. And the reason why I say blank is there was a word there, but at the time we just decided that no one else was going to know that word except for us. <laughs> and, oh, um, come on. <laughs> to this day, no, no one knows except for us, I think. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe it's out there somewhere uh, where we, 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 someone leaked it. But, um, <laughs> you know, and, and the revolution was uh, a revolution for four guys in a basement 
that just learn how to play their instruments, just learn how to be a band, just learn how to write songs together. Um, that's what it was. It wasn't a musical revolution. We weren't reinventing the wheel or rock and roll. Uh, we found a type of music and style music that was our own that we enjoyed playing. Um, that was our little revolution in the basement. Nice. Do you remember what Mark's short story was about? The one that inspired it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was the story of the wanderer. Um, you know, I, I I don't want to speak for him, but at, at 16, 15, 16, you don't really know anything. Right. I mean, I'm 36, and I don't know anything. <laughs> we still don't know anything in our 30s, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, back then, you don't, you don't really, you, you haven't really experienced anything. It's hard to write songs when you, when you don't have any experience to write about. But Mark is such a great storyteller and has a, such a creative imagination that he was able to uh, think of these characters in, in his head and tell their stories of things that they've been through. So it may not have been from personal experience, but it was the personal experience of these characters that, uh, that he had in his head. Um, and The Wanderer, our very first record that we recorded when we were 16, is that story. That's wild how such, such something so seemingly small and innocent, like a, you know, a, a story or a class assignment or something, can inspire all this. Which brings us full circle with why you guys are here promoting the arts. I mean, before we go, I mean, just speak to why this is an important cause for you. Why, why did you guys, I mean, you guys could probably do any kind of, you know, promotional cause or, you know, whatever. I'm sure you get asked stuff a bunch, but why, why this one? Why, why is promoting arts in schools and, and getting funding for, for arts uh, important to you? I think of my kids and I think of myself when I was a kid. And I think if I didn't have music or uh, the arts to inspire me, then I really don't know what I would be doing. I think I'd be pretty lost. Um, and, I, and I think the arts not only show me where, what I was supposed to do in life. It also gave me confidence as, uh, as a youngin. you know, um, I think it's, it's a pretty confusing time when you're a kid and you're trying to figure things out. And then when you finally realize that something you're passionate about and it moves you and that you're, you're, you're not bad at, at doing it, um, it gives you confidence. So, you know, I want my kids to grow up, um, in, uh, an environment where public school, public ed- education embraces the arts and they have the same opportunity to be inspired by the same things that I did when I was growing up because I would hate for them to not know what they're supposed to be doing because they never knew that the arts existed. Perfect. That's a perfect place for us to, for us to leave it. Thanks so much for joining us, Richard. Uh, it's a pleasure talking with you guys, and you know all the best and continued success for OAR. Okay. Thank you, Jason. All right, bye. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.